Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We have Pops, Tony, Prestige Worldwide. What's going on, fellas? What's up? Uh, hello. What's up? We got a lot going on. I mean, it, I don't know how much we'll, we'll touch on some of it. There's NBA tread de- deadline stuff going on. Um, LeBron James breaks the record. And what we've been building up to for weeks now, eight, nine, 20 weeks, 21 weeks. I don't know how long the full schedule is, but Super Bowl Sunday is, is shortly upon us. Um, Tony, I start here with a question for you. I think the best roster is clearly the Eagles. Just just top to bottom, good roster. They have built a very good roster. But the best player, the most valuable player, is also clearly Patrick Mahomes. So I ask you, Tony, if I'm say I offer you, you can have the Eagles roster, you're building a team, you can have the Eagles roster right now, or you can have Patrick Mahomes. Who do you take? <laughs> wow, that is a loaded question. And I, did, I didn't, I didn't give anybody a heads up that I was going to ask this question. To start <laughs> yeah, uh, just off the top of my head, I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes because I, I'll say it once. We've said it before: generational talent, and uh, that's shout out to LJ there. But it's, uh, you know, I think you can. But if you're building a team, obviously we've talked about it. Quarterbacks the most important position and he is the most important quarterback in the game today i'm taking Mahomes because I, I although i i do agree with you overall roster i think we could have a discussion of breaking down the uh positions on the roster and whether or not philadelphia has the better the better position players across the roster i think that's it's a discussion to be had on the surface, to say you'd rather have one player over an entire roster sounds insane to me. But pops, I think I agree. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go to Prestige last because I think I know where he's, <laughs> I know where he's going. <laughs> you, you know, I, my initial reaction was the Eagles roster, but I think Tony and listening to him, and and I think as much as as it is Mahomes' ability. It's just, I mean, I'm a Cowboy fan. You know how much I would like to have that guy being the oh, quarterback man. of my freaking team? I mean, he he represents himself well. The, the team loves him. I mean, he's just, I think he's, he's a great. He's also badass. I think he's a great guy, and he's a badass football player. Oh, so, I think for him, and, and, and I don't know many other names you could mention right now, maybe none other, but – for that one reason, for Mahomes, just who the the person I think he is and the talent he is, I think I'd take Mahomes. 
if you gave me and that just choice. build the rest around it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Prestige. I think I'm I guessing you're you're in the same. Yeah, boat. I'm full. I'm full fledged Mahomes. <laughs> um, I think it's just because the QB position in today's game is way too valuable. Um, I think you'll you'll what we're seeing now is these young guys that are considered top all pros: Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, hopefully again. Um, Patrick Mahomes, these guys that teams are going to build around throughout their careers. They're not going to let them go because it's just too hard, I think, nowadays to find that next guy up that's going to be that top five QB in the NFL. I had a, a friend text me, I guess it was probably after the AFC Championship, and he was like, out of your own personal money, how much would you give up to have Mahomes be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? And I was like, it's <laughs> a hell of a question. <laughs> I was like, well, do I have to keep Mahomes with McCarthy or can I get Mahomes in too? I like that combination. I mean, I love Mahomes, but I really like McCarthy. I don't know if he could ruin Mahomes, but he might try. Um, Tony, I want to ask you here. Now let's let's look into this game. Let's break down because I do think we have two real, a very evenly matched game. Yeah. The line started at one and a half. I think Eagles one and a half and it's basically stayed put right there as far as I've seen. Mm, as far um, as I've seen. What is your favorite matchup you're looking for? It can be player to player or position group that you're just in the game that you're really interested in. And maybe it might get into a prop bet you're interested in, but just the matchup you're really kind of ready to see in this game. Well, I'll give you two. Um, uh, I, I, I'm interested in the Travis Kelsey uh, Philadelphia uh, safety matchup. Because I think they're going to run Kelsey a little bit deeper than they normally do in this particular game. Um, As in deeper routes? Deeper routes. I think they're going to go much further down the field with him, uh, with the wide receivers healthy. I think we'll see that. And so I'm interested in that. And then I think I'm interested in the other Kelsey, uh, Jason Kelsey, uh, against uh, Chris Jones uh, to see if they can control – uh, Chris Jones on on that uh, on that line of scrimmage. That's my first two. I, 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 either way, I think those are going to be great matchups to watch. Uh, and and yeah, just those are going to be great matchups to watch. I want to zero in on the second one because I think, and, and I'll probably go bigger because I think the matchup I'm really interested in is I think the Eagles are built off first and foremost a good strong offensive line. They have great skill position, but good strong offensive line. As much as Travis Kelsey gets heralded, which he should, he's a Hall of Fame tight end. Jason Kelsey might be a Hall of Fame center. I mean, he's they're that good mm-hmm. up front. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs are really I, the Kelsey Jones, but really just offensive line versus defensive line. Tony, you're you're lean here on who do you think wins that matchup? Because that probably tells me who you think wins the game. Honestly, yeah. I, so here's to me, it's here's the magic number fifty. And, and that is the number of rushing yards that Jalen Hurts gets. If he's under 50, I think the Chiefs win. If he's over 50, I think the Chiefs are probably going to lose. And I, I, unless it becomes, and nobody's predicting this, by the way, unless it becomes a score fest and it's just a, a Big 12 track meet and, uh, and we see guys flying down the field, we get a 40, 50 point per team game. But, um, if they're able to control, because Kansas is going to give up a bunch of yards. Okay, let's just be. That's why I think it's hard to to say who's winning the upfront battle between the twenties. I think Kansas City is is going to give up some yardage. The question is, and this is what makes this a really fun game. The Eagles are one of the best 
if not the best red zone offense in the NFL. And Kansas City has done a great job, their middle to top, of not allowing red zone touchdowns. So uh, that's where I think it'll be. So if they keep Hurts in the pocket and make him be a passer, I think Kansas City. The, the, I think you can say the Kansas City defensive line has won won that battle. If they can't, fifty they is a uh, sharp line that you're giving with Jalen Hurts. I'm looking at the books, and I think most books have right around forty nine and a half over under rushing yards. So. Yeah. They agree. That's that's a key number. That fifty yeah. you threw out there. Yeah. Uh, Prestige. What do you think? I mean, I know. As a Chiefs fan, do you are you worried about the defensive line, or you think that's where y'all can actually minimize what is a strong part of the Eagles? No. Yeah, I think line? I think that's going to be one of the major keys to them winning this game. It was the same against the Bengals. You needed that clutch sack or that uh, cl- uh, big pass rush at the end. Of, not only at the beginning, which they had against the Bengals, but you really needed at the end close out that game. Um, I think the, you you asked like what matchups we're looking forward to. I think I think they're going to throw everything. They I think uh, Spagnuolo is going to throw everything he's got at Lane Johnson. He's going to truly test out that that groin, see how he's really feeling going into this game. Um, I think Landon Dickerson's also dealing with some stuff, but he was a full participant. He but, hyperextended his elbow. I think yeah, but he's, he's been practicing. He's listed as a full play, participant so. today. So. Um, so I'm really, dealing with something. Yeah, yes. but I'm really curious to see what they throw at Lane Johnson as far as Frank Clark and Chris Jones and all those other guys, Dunlap and the rookie, um, whose name I can't pronounce that that well, um, the Greek god. Um, but, um, I, yeah, the D-line is going to be crucial for this game. And then the other one I'm really interested in is uh, just from what I remember from that Bengals game as well, they really took out Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, I think, decently for like the first half at least. Way you, better than I thought. They you were. saw Tyler Boyd was really eating eating up until he um, got hurt, unfortunately. So I'd be interested to see how Dallas Goddard's doing in this game because he is the true, I think, third receiver uh, receiving option besides the running back in that offense. So I'm curious how he matches up because those linebackers are not going to be able to drop drop back against that rushing attack of the of the Eagles. So I'm curious to see how they handle Goddard. Um, and then because I believe Legarius Sneed did clear concussion protocols, he should be back hopefully for this game. So that's a big addition to that secondary. Um, but yeah, that's, those are the matchups I'm walking, watching out for is Ola or D line versus Lane Johnson. And then um, the defense versus uh, Dallas Goddard. Pops, is there any either additional matchups or do you want to expand upon anything that's been brought up already? What well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I think the line is going to tell the truth uh, about what happens. And I'm worried about y'all mentioned Lane Johnson and he, I believe he is the right tackle for Philly, right? Well, if I'm not mistaken, is it is it Andrew Wiley that's the right tackle for Kansas City? Mm-hmm. And he is by far their weak link. Uh, he's given up nine sacks and 49 pressures this year. Is there is there a guy on um, the end of Philly that makes the plays? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I so so I'm worried about that position in particular. And uh, and and I will say, interestingly, um, you know, Philly has given up 44 sacks. Kansas City's only given up 26 sacks this year. Both these offensive lines, that, I think Philly's rated number one, and Kansas City's like three or four. Okay, so there's yeah, the top they're five, high. Yeah. I just think I think with being able to exploit perhaps the right tackle for Kansas City, and I think with with Mahomes being a little gimpy, that's what I'm looking at. I'm look if they get to him and he can't move as much, uh, then I think it's going to be Philly's game. But uh, so that the, the matchup I'm looking at is that is is Kansas City's offensive line against the defensive line of Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, and yeah, you bring up a good point because and we injuries helped a lot, but I mean. 
the reason the 49ers got those injuries is because Hassan Reddick was blowing that game up. And he very well could do it again. I mean, I think he's probably, I have, I have to pull it back up, but he's probably up there for best odds for a defensive player to win MVP just because the, the odds of him getting a sack fumble or something. Uh, a matchup I'm also intrigued by is the Eagles secondary going up against the just in general Kansas City uh, receivers, and I include Travis Kelsey in there. In the last eight games, the Eagles have allowed under 170 pass yards in six out of eight. But I throw out, let's look at who they played. They yeah. played Tannehill when he was on a bum foot or ankle, whatever it was. Daniel Jones, Justin Fields. Dak was one of the ones that went over. Dalton went over just barely, Andy Dalton. Then Davis Webb, Daniel Jones, and Brock Purdy, who got Tommy John surgery shortly after. <laughs> Are, I, I just want to, I think their secondary is really good. But they're going to get tested. And also, maybe you can tell me, I know as we were recording last week, we were talking about how the the Chiefs wide receiver room was very depleted with injuries. Are they getting health? Are they looking more healthy heading into the Super Bowl? Or? Yes. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was a full participant uh, today. Okay. He, he's on track to play. Kadarius Toney's been limited, but he said he's going to play. So I don't think he'll be 100%, but he is going to at least be active for the game. Um, but uh, Miko Harmon is the only one that's actually been ruled out for the Super Bowl. Um, but you're getting back Juju and Kadarius Tony, two big pieces for that offense. So, Tony, do you have a lean there? Just uh, mm-hmm. the, the receiver group against the, the Philadelphia defensive back group. I um, yeah. So I'll go ahead and say this. I one of my favorite props right now is Justin Watson for one touchdown. And the reason I say that is that you're absolutely correct that I, I think the Philadelphia backs defensive backfield is one of the best that the Chiefs are going to face. But they're also that way because of Hassan Reddick. So I, I personally think that he's going to face a double team all, all day long, that Noah Gray is going to become the second right tackle. And they'll begin running a lot of two tight end sets, but Justin Watson's going to get loose. I uh, his seventeen and a half over yards and touchdown. I really like those two props. Wow. I think he catches that one or two catches, gets behind him. If you look at Philadelphia's record, that and every few ball games, somebody like um, uh, T.Y. Hilton, one catch for fifty two yards. Somebody gets loose on him, and I think Justin Watson's going to be that guy, big guy coming down. I, I think he's going to be that guy. So. That's a that's a I think that's the matchup. plus nine fifty anytime touchdown score for yeah. Justin Watson. Yeah, I, I like it. So I like it. it it's a long shot. It could no, be worth a It's a long shot. Of, yeah, but I think it's going to happen. And so, to, so the direct answer, I say, I think Philadelphia's going to do a pretty good job on the wide receivers. Uh, as said, I think Kelsey will have a will have a really big day. Uh, but I think Justin Watson. It could be Sky Moore. Uh, he's a little smaller. Scat scatter. Wide receiver more, but I, I really like Justin Watson, big wide receiver in the back of the end zone to get get something on Sunday. I think I kind of like on that same long shot person. I, I don't hate Jody Fortson for the Chiefs, just because I think Gray's more of a – and Prestige, you can kind of correct me on this. I think Noah Gray – I like what Tony's saying where Noah Gray's probably going to come in, and I like him as a player, but he's probably going to use more as a – chip and block guy, whereas Fortson is a good red zone receiver. If you're going just long shots for any time touchdowns, he's also at there. I like both those options. 
Yeah, I think Watson's got the better option. I don't mind the if you were to take the over on yards for Watson. The 17 yards. Like really just just because of the way the Chiefs spread the ball around, and they're going to have to do that a lot against the secondary because they are good at shutting down those top two guys, top two options. I think the good news for the Chiefs is they really don't have top two options. Like Mahomes is throwing, what, I think he's averaging nine or ten completions to different receivers every game. Um, so I, I, I think that's the, that's the difference that the Eagles secondary is going to face more than anything they faced all playoffs or maybe all year is there's not just a one or two guys that you're going to really <laughs> have to focus on. You could say that's Juju and Kadarius cause they are technically the top guys, but the way this Chiefs offense is ran, they're, they're going to have to lock down the entire field. And that's pretty hard to do against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, especially with Travis Kelsey. I got a question because I think I just heard Legs say that because of Kansas City's substandard wide receivers, <laughs> they, t- they actually have an advantage. Is that what I just that, heard? That is you exactly say? it. Okay, all right. Okay. I mean, you heard him correctly. I think that I think okay. that more goes to like I lean. I also love. I also love to lean in big games. Experience. I think experience is huge in these kind of big games. And Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. They, that's what they have over. Jalen Hurts and is it Nick Sirianni? Is that I'm not, he's that's who's there, mm. correct? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Well, that was a slight little punch, you know, the coach of the Eagles there, Lex. What's he his might name, be coach Sirianni? Of the year and it's like, whatever that guy's name is. That What's that coach? dude? I may, I, I may actually know his name, but I just don't. <laughs> hey, Pop, so we – oh, go ahead, Tony. Go that's ahead. something for us to talk about before we leave the podcast is the, the coaching uh, angles here in this game. So, But, yeah, let's keep going on players. Uh, Pops, we – a lot has been made, and we even brought it up a second ago here, talking about can Mahomes' ankle be fine and all that. Not, I don't feel like there's been that much on Jalen Hurts' shoulder, and I don't think Jalen Hurts has looked very good. I mean, he's a common player. I like him, but he missed some easy throws, and if Brock Purdy wasn't hurt, that game was going to be a lot more interesting. Are you worried at all about Jalen Hurts throwing the ball in this game, or you think he's fine? I mean, I think he's had two weeks to 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 have some some additional rehab on that shoulder. I think he was serviceable in that game. I can't remember now how accurate or inaccurate he was, but but I do agree it could have been a closer game. Um, I'm not as worried about that. I'm I'm more worried about Mahomes' ankle, and I think he's okay. a tough cat. I really do. I think he's he's playing, and it don't matter. Uh, I think the guy would play on one leg, you know, if if they would let him. But and and that's another reason I love him, by the way. But I think that overall, Philly is just a, a little healthier uh, uh, than than Kansas City is. Tony, uh, as far as the two quarterbacks, are there are you more a little? If you're going to be more worried about one or the other injury wise, would it be Mahomes or? I'd be more worried about Hurts. Um, I I. I we haven't really seen him test the throwing arm yet. They haven't been in a position or a close game where he's had to really fit some balls into tight area. You know, he had Devontae Smith wide open last week and almost overthrew him, and, and he, he had a catchable no catch. So, yeah. um, but uh, um, I, I'm I'm more concerned about Hurts because I, I just haven't seen him have to make have to throw the ball. 25 times to win a ball game. And if the, I, my, what I think is going to happen, I think the Chiefs are going to bottle him up. They're going to give him the underneath and try to make him go over the top. And he's going to have to complete 25, 30 hit passes. And I don't know that he can do that right now with the shoulder just being, uh, just hadn't been tested since he got it, since he got injured. 
Prestige, I think the the most interesting thing would be to me is, and I know this would be perfect for you, if the Chiefs can get up 7-0, just up by two scores, because the Eagles really haven't played behind much. They, I think they are the number one team as far as playing with the lead this year. They played a lot with lead, and they're very. If you get behind them, they're tough because, like we've talked about, that pass rush is really good. They can run the ball. You get that offensive line just run blocking. They're tough if you get behind them. I really don't know what Jalen Hurts' arm will look like if they're down. And all of a sudden, like Tony's saying, it's not anymore, it's not Miles Sanders and a bunch of read options. It's you dropping back and throwing. And can he throw it thirty five times? How will that shoulder? Yeah, bear? no, I I agree. I think I would I would answer. I think I would be if I was. Again, try to be as unbiased as possible, but I think I would be the most worried about Hurts' shoulder just because I feel like it's not as tested as Mahomes' ankle. Um, he he had to play and run for his life in that Bengals game, um, and they won. I think in the playoffs, too, they're more battle-tested the Chiefs are to be in those tight games. Losing Mahomes for a quarter against a really hot Jacksonville Jaguars team and then uh, going up against the Bengals who just beat the Bills, whereas the Eagles, Jalen Hurts with that shoulder has had to face the Giants and uh, Brock Purdy list San Francisco 49ers. So they haven't had to lean on him just to throw the ball that much. And so, yeah, I think it'd be crucial if the Chiefs can get any kind of double score lead and force Jalen Hurts to really have to sit back there and, and throw the ball. Now he he's obviously proven he can do it. So, but has he had to prove it yet since that shoulder injury? I'm not too sure. So as far as someone who I think will be up for the challenge, I think Jalen Hurts will be up for the yes. challenge. I'm not worried about him being, overwhelmed it's just going to be is his shoulder there mm-hmm. that that and that's what we'll we'll figure out come we, game will, time. we will find out <laughs> yeah yeah is there anything else game wise and we, we'll get into some props maybe in some fun props here any anything else game wise we haven't touched on as far as the matchups in these teams from everybody it was mentioned quickly but i i think uh we're talking about travis kelsey i think the tight end on the other side could have a pretty big game i think goddard uh, you know, his his prop, and I kind of like it, was uh, 50 and a half yards, uh, and I definitely took the over on that. And I think Goddard could have a really good game and be a difference. Hurst loves Goddard, too. Well, I mean, he, he should. Goddard's pretty talented, but I, I think, that, you know, and, and he may not have to just well on that arm to get it to Goddard because he's probably not going to be, you know. Yeah. But, but at any rate, I think Goddard's going to play a key role in this game. I, I don't disagree whatsoever. I mean, it feels like I'm seeing a lot of nodding heads here. I feel like we're kind of all in agreement. Goddard's going to – if the Eagles offense is moving, Goddard's a big piece of that. Yeah, I uh, – yeah. I agree, Tony. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But, man, I, I sure do think that Devontae Smith's going to have a big game. I don't know what – I haven't looked at his plus. And we'll, if we're going to talk props here in a second, I'll – but I, whatever his receptions are, I would be leaning over. I see him having six to eight receptions. And probably more than Goddard, honestly, I I think because a, a lot of slants, a lot of three four outs, a lot of get rid of the ball. I it's going to be. I don't think Kansas City's going to let anybody go over the top of them. Like I said, they're going to let you have whatever you want from twenty to twenty. But uh, I think Devontae mm-hmm. Smith's going to have a big day. I'm trying to pull up receiving yards and, or getting yards. I'm not. We, had, we haven't even mentioned their best wide receiver, y'all, AJ Brown. So. I tell <laughs> no, you, AJ, yeah. AJ Brown is really out of sync right now. Hurts has come back and they yeah, just have not found so the good. magic. And yeah. I, I, if AJ Brown doesn't catch a ball in the first quarter, I don't know who catch a ball the rest of the game. 
I, he's just that kind of guy. You gotta you gotta get him lathered up and working. You know what, Otherwise, I'd make sure if I'm Sirianni, he catches two in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> first first drive. Well, if you remember, he caught <laughs> he caught two or three, I think, in the first drive last week. Yeah, slants. I mean, they were just little checkdowns, but they were they were. Well, they that's what the Chiefs are give to him too. They're like, let's get this guy the ball. Yeah, our but our secondary doesn't play up. We don't play man, or at least if we do, we're not we're not at the line of scrimmage with him that often. We're 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 keeping back so. AJ Brown isn't an explosive receiver, but it does. He does. You get him to touch, even if it's a three-yard play. Just getting the ball in his hand, mm-hmm. I think, kind of like kind of gets him into the yeah. game a little. I think, and and so I do think that's important. Yeah, I think one thing we'll also mention, and I haven't got a chance to really check up on it yet, but I think there's a chance that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be active for this game as well. For the yeah, I don't know if it's a so. Huge, what does that mean? It's not a huge is he difference. Play a but lot or? I think he's got a chance to play some. He's going to be active if they need him. So. Either way, I think just it's another horse in that stable that they can run out there and have fresh on a third down now, from the home. So. Damn it, I've got Pacheco over 48 and a half yards. Now I'm a little worried. No, about it will that. happen. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. I was about to ask, Pops, does that hurt my Pacheco yards and the touchdown? I kind of like Pacheco for a touchdown and over his rushing. I think Clyde's going to be in there more for a breather for McKinnon. So. Yeah. Okay. When yeah. McKinnon seems to get all the touchdowns, he seems to get mostly receiving. Receiving, yeah. So. Yeah. I would steer away from Pacheco receiving yards, but rushing yards, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll have an impact. I bet his receiving yards aren't that high. No, they're, I want to say it's 15 or something yeah. like that. Is what it's I usually, saw. yeah. It's, it's one. It, last week it was like eight, or last game it was like eight yards because mm-hmm. it's literally like, will he catch it basically? Right. Is his receiving yards. I'll, I'll bet you they'll be throwing a lot of passes to wherever Hassan Reddick was standing. Yeah. <laughs> not, not where he is standing when they throw it. <laughs> I know. I'm, ex- um, I'm excited them to scheme away from him because I think you got a little taste of, I don't know, it, last week against the Bengals, at least the first quarter, the way the Chiefs were moving the offense, it felt almost Tom Brady-esque. Like you knew Mahomes is banged up, so we're just going to keep everybody away from him and he's going to throw quick passes and you won't get near him. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Tony, any other any other props you're kind of looking at? Just just player props. We'll we'll get into like the the national anthem, maybe halftime. I'm going to hear about stuff, that. But. I, you know, the Devontae Smith over receptions, Travis Kelsey over receptions, the Justin Watson TD. I, that's just a just a cool a long shot. <laughs> um, but I think those are the, really the ones to trust because you just don't know. I, I'd want to say that you could take Miles Sanders over in rushing yards. Uh, I I. If it plays out, I think they're going to want to control the clock a little and keep the ball away from Kansas City. Um, uh, but we'll see how Frank Clark plays it. But I, I, that's the last one I think of is Sanders over in rushing yards. What is Kelsey's reception set at right now? It is set at right around seven. Okay. It's moving around, but it's right around seven. <laughs> oh, I take that. Six and a half, seven and a half, depending on what book yeah. you're at. Yeah. And Devontae Smith, for what it's worth, is hovering right around four and a half to five and a half. So he's right around the five area. I like that. I like he's I think he's six for like seventy five. Something like that. I could Devonta Smith's just a good player and he's a smart player too. He knows how to yeah. sit down and routes. Uh one I'm kind of eyeing in on tone is Jalen Hurts rushing attempts. I like over ten and a half. If you think he's gonna go over, maybe you go yards, but the reason I like the over ten and a half because I think he gets about eight to nine comfortably, and that's why Vegas sets it right there. But a kneel down also does count as a run. So if they're winning, 
and he has a couple kneels at the end of the game, he might push you there. That'd be a, just an exhilarating win if you get that win. But I just think I, mm. if, if his shoulder is a little iffy, he's going to know this is my last. I mean, it's balls to the wall. This is the last game. He'll go, F it. I'm going to run it and try to do his thing. I just think at some point he takes matters in his own hands. He goes, I'm just going to run around and do, what do is- my own stuff. And I think the 49ers kind of kept him a little contained for most of that game because they're so damn good at the end. Joey, or is it Joey that they have, or they have Nick? They have Nick Bosa. I get confused on the San Fran's got Bosa, Nick. They had Nick. Yeah, Nick Bosa was playing his damn ass the off in that game. And yeah. he read a couple of replays that like he was somehow stopped the running back and Jalen Hurts in the same play. As much as I like the Chiefs, I don't think they got a Bosa out there. Uh, Frank Clark's good. He's not a Bosa. And Jones is good, but he's not a, an end like that. He's a really good player, but not an end. So I I like Hurts rushing attempts in the game. Ten yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Pops, what I, I know you you were mentioning Pacheco. What else you got over there? Well, I, interestingly, I took the under on the on uh, uh, Jalen Hurts rushing attempts of ten okay. and a half because <laughs> I I think if he if he gets more than that, I certainly didn't think of the kneel downs and that that could come into play. But I just felt like he would be between five and ten. Uh, no legs is saying no ways. No kneel downs. No kneel downs. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so I didn't. But and and I just think if he runs that much. Uh, that they probably lose, but you make a good point. If his shoulder's bothering him, this is it, balls to the wall. So, I mean, I'm, I've got a little cheap parlay in with that thrown in, so I'm, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, but that was one I one I pulled out. The other one I, I did is Kansas City total field goals over one and a half. I just I thought you know, hey, I think Butker's going to kick more than one field goal uh, in the game, and uh, because yeah. I think. That defense Philly's got, so I, I I really liked that one. And then the other one I threw in, just because I like I price gas, I like odd numbers on signs. I did total points odd. <laughs> that's that's a roll of the dice, but I mean that's that's like doing a coin toss bet at the beginning of like yeah. before the game. Like, yeah, you're just you're legit, the just complete roll of the dice. Yeah, but, I, and so I'll I be honest, know. I like the I like the Philly list right. I like the Philly over field goals. Uh, it's one and a half, still it's saying. One and a half. You know. They kicked two field goals. And I think they kicked two. If you could tease it to three, uh, to two and a half, that might even be good. I, I The Chiefs live and die by keeping people inside those 20s. There's, so. there's some bets out there. I don't know if it'll have it at all books, but there's a bet out there. It's first field goal to be missed short. either, And that can be short, blocked, <laughs> hit, crossbar, doesn't matter. Plus 350. Uh, just, just, just interesting. <laughs> the Super Bowl has so many freaking, so many bets. They're just, they're great. Um, then you can do the uh, team to win coin toss and the game. Eagles are plus two fifty. I think the Chiefs are like plus three fifty. If you want to do that one, uh, just, some, just some fun stuff out there. I'm trying to think, uh, Jacob. Do you have any other props that you kind of or like player yardage or receptions or anything you're looking at? No, not really. I haven't got a chance to really look at the prop bets yet. Um, I don't. I don't. You only look at the props until pretty much right up until game time because I don't. I don't trust what I'm seeing a couple of days beforehand. Chiefs total turnovers one and a half at plus one fifty five. Is it, you, you under? Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping it's under. Uh, <laughs> the the pass rush is what worries me for the Eagles. That could easily cause either a fumble or a rushed interception with that Eagles secondary looking for the, the that key interception. I would still say under. I just think the game plan that the Chiefs are going to come with is going to be nothing deep. I think it's going to be a lot of crossing routes, getting Kelsey in, in between his own. So. 
Is that there's also oh, go ahead, Tom. Is that stat on Mahomes? He has thrown an interception in every is it every playoff game or every Super Bowl that he's been in? This will be his third Super Bowl. He's thrown an interception in both the others, right? I know Super Bowl, I think he has thrown an interception. I don't know about every playoff game though. That'd be so wild if it's one, every playoff game. You need well, one interception and then one yeah. time where he forgets to snap it right or I think I would yeah, go with that because he eats too much popcorn on the sideline. God. I don't know if I mentioned this little stat earlier, but Philly was one of only four teams in NFL history to have 70 or more sacks in a season, by the way. Um, so I, I would go over. A little sack fumble? On the, <laughs> on the interception or turnover, yes. I should go over Where on the sacks. Does anybody, yeah. have any, does anybody have any thoughts just on, is this the high-scoring game or more of a defensive game? Is there any strong opinions? I don't know where I stand there. Think, What's the over under? Yeah, uh, I can pull it up. But go ahead and give me your original uh, fifty one. Tell I think that's I, exactly that's where I'm sitting. I'm seeing. I think fifteen and a half, fifty one. Yeah, I'm seeing a, another Chiefs Bengals type. Of, both teams in the twenties. It's going to come down to that last drive. That's kind of what I'm seeing and predicting. Tony, are you? I don't know. Right now, I don't have a play on the the over under. I I want to I want to say over. But I think it's because it's a really close game in the upper twenties. I, I I see this as a 30, 20, 30 yeah, to 27, 27, 24, you know, 29, 26, something which upper twenties. That that I would see. make sense because so. I think the Chiefs are averaging twenty five points per game in the playoffs, and the Eagles are having averaging almost thirty five points per game in the playoffs. So you're sitting right yeah. there. Yeah, I think I'd take the over, not by a lot, but I would take the over. Yeah. Pops, you want to hear a fun one? Sure. There is, and I don't know what all books will have it, but largest lead of the game by any team, 14 and a half over under. Under. Do you have any thoughts? Under. The largest lead in the game. Wow. So, interestingly, Jacob, this, I, I, I think I, my first thought was for sure under because Super Bowls have been so close. I, I've gotten a little spoiled. I think maybe me and Jacob both. We've seen a lot of really close Super Bowls. It wasn't like not that long ago, like nineties and before. I mean, there were blowouts in the Super Bowl a lot of times, and that doesn't happen very often anymore. I mean, Pops, do you remember seeing just a ton of blowouts? I I can only tell you right off the top of my head one blowout was that Seahawks. I, I, mean, I remember the Super Bowl was always l- way less uh, fun to watch than the playoffs. Uh, that was for sure. Um, so, so yes, they do seem to have been better, and I think you do have good teams in here. But something, too, we – I mean, you've got Andy Reid coming back to Philly. And and that probably – That's needs, interesting. That's that interesting that needs little. to figure somewhere in that equation. I don't know if that covers that one and a half that Philly's favored, but, you know, maybe a half a point. I don't know, because I think Andy Reid uh, – I just think he'd be prepared for that. I think he's a great coach. If he if he wins, is he the first coach to ever win a Super Bowl with two different teams? He didn't win with the Eagles, I don't think. Oh, I don't no, think he he no, he didn't. No, he didn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I did. apologize. No, yeah, he, they went to like 10 NFC championships or something like that. Yeah. 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 Is Gruden the yeah. only one that's won with two different teams? Uh, no. Did he win with the Bucks and the Raiders, or did he win at the Raiders? I can't remember. He did not win at the Raiders. Okay. Then, no, um, I'm sorry then. So the, the other coaching thing, the, that's a Go good ahead. thing. The other coaching angle here, I was watching uh, ESPN, and, you know, Nick Sirianni was fired by Andy Reid. 
Um, so when mm. uh, Andy Reid came in and replaced, who was the coach before Andy? Um, not it wasn't Vermeil, was it? Was no, it, that far it was, back? no, it was. Um, oh shoot, was it? it um, no, I, I can see his face. It. Yeah. Anyway, what are we saying? I was reading. They fired him. IT was checking up on a stat. Okay. He, the, the coach of the Eagles before Reed. Coach of the Chiefs before Reed. Coach oh, of the, the Chiefs, Chiefs before, before Reed. Reed. Um, Nick Sirianni was on his staff. And interestingly, Reed and Sirianni were on uh, someone else's staff together. But Reed fired Sirianni when he got Romeo. Now, Romeo. 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 Yeah. Romeo. Romeo. I was like, he's with the Browns, I'm pretty sure, the other guy. Yeah. So, um, so he fired Sirianni, uh, but he fired everybody, right? So <laughs> it wasn't just Sirianni. So they were talking about, you know, Sirianni is known to find anything that he can, uh, he can get an angle on. And, and so, um, they're saying that he's probably going to make something of that. This guy fired me. So let's go kick his ass. But, um, it was, it was kind of a, he fired him because it was a whole new coaching staff, but he did fire him. So to cover up that, uh, and, you know, uh, we talked about Sirianni a little bit last week. Uh, he's one that will remember that. If, if there's a chance where he can maybe rub it in a little bit, he is one who will remember that. So we'll see. I don't know if Andy Reid actually is going to try to like – he just wants to win. I don't know if he really wants to rub it into the Eagles much. He's like, a ring's a ring. I don't care how I get it. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question before, coaches like Don Shula, Bill Parcells, Dick Vermeil, Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid have won a Super Bowl with one team and lost a Super Bowl with another. But no one has won a Super Bowl with two different teams. So – Dovin had that. No one's won a Super maybe Bowl. It was a, maybe it was a different stat. It was something maybe like he was the first coach to win, I think, 10 playoff games with two different teams, maybe, or something right, like yeah. that. I mean, that's what I'm thinking, then. Well, it's also interesting, and this isn't as much Andy Reid as – so Andy Reid, he had he had a down year. They went 4-12 and 12 with the Eagles, and it was the same year his son tragically died. And it was kind of a mutual – Okay, we're gonna like. I think they kind of were thinking about maybe firing him, but it was mutual. Like we'll part ways, and he's gonna sit out for a year. And and within three days of being let go from the Eagles, he took the Chiefs' job. And then the Eagles were kind of like, "The hell? I thought I thought we were you were sitting out. I didn't know you're about to go straight to another team and also be really good at that team." So that that is a fun matchup. I do think there's a little extra there, and I'm I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, some prop bets that are outside of the game. The U.S. National Anthem, which will be sang by Chris Stapleton in the Super Bowl, set the over-under, I believe it's at two minutes and five seconds. Do we have any Do we have any thoughts? Anybody have? LJ is usually the one that comes through with a bunch of yeah, data on we why need, you take the over-under. On yeah. The under has hit the last, I think, three or four of the last five years. The last time it went over was when Luke Bryan, a male country artist, went. I don't know if that's – that's a little it's over. Is the all yeah. over under generally set at about two minutes and five seconds? Or it's is somewhere that, in the two ah, minutes to two minutes and ten seconds era area, somewhere around there. I, I have no clue. I don't know. He's gonna do I'm that twang on there. And, <laughs> and then there is a uh, how long will the word brave be in the national anthem? <laughs> over under five seconds. Now, Jacob knows this well. I'm sure Tony <laughs> does too. When they say brave at a Chiefs game, you hear a whole lot of. Choose. So I don't know if that affects like Stapleton's like, oh crap, what's happening here? If he doesn't realize that's going to happen. So maybe that means the under. I don't know. Um, another one is will Rihanna wear sunglasses? 
Will she come out with sunglasses? The yes step plus 120. I don't know if we have any thoughts on that. Uh, I'm pretty sure she will. It, I think that's a yes. I think she'll definitely have sunglasses on. Probably just to throw them off. And it's plus 120? Plus 120. Okay. What's the first song, Kev? That's what we want to know. First song. Uh, I think it's Please Don't Stop the Music is what I think she starts out with. That's what I think Rihanna's coming out with. It could be the song that I think would get people like it's kind of real well known and it's got a good beat to it and that would pump up people. Is she has a song called Bitch Better Have My Money? But I don't know if you open up with Bitch Better Have My Money. You know, like I think that's like <laughs> your second or third one. You kind of get people in before you just drop the bitch out there, you know. Um, the interesting one, does she bring a guest in there? There's thoughts that she could bring a Jay-Z in because she's with Rock Nation. He's featured on a couple of songs. There's a Drake thought that you could bring Drake in, probably one of the biggest stars. I, I don't know where the props are on those, but I do know that those are some questions people have. But I, if I had to guess, Tony, please don't stop the music is the first one. That, I'm that going with work. To. Work? I like work. I got to work. work, work, Drake, work, 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 work. I think you come walking in You got to find a song that has a long enough intro because she's got to make some sort of entrance while it's going. So you can't just have a song that starts off immediately. Well, and work mm. does have a little, little like so. an intro to it. That could actually, uh, that's not bad. It's not bad. Pops, do you have any Rihanna song that you want to throw out there for <laughs> first? Uh, no, I do not have a Rihanna song <laughs> to throw out there. I do not. No. I do think Rihanna's going to have a great halftime show, but I, and we say this every year, but just to make sure anyone who's not familiar with the show, the best halftime show of all time, Uncle Tony, is Prince. Prince, I mean, hands down, yeah, <laughs> it's no not debate. even debatable. Not <laughs> debatable whatsoever. Singing "Purple Rain" in the, in the rain. rain. Yeah. Oh. so actually, funny. I have a little story time. I was reading an article, and one of the like people helping Prince set up was reading, like, going over the forecast, and they were telling him, and right beforehand, they saw it's going to be raining, and they, were, they told they were scared to tell Prince that it's going to rain probably during the halftime show. Because they didn't want to piss them off. And so they didn't tell them. They didn't tell them. Finally, they work up the nerve to go tell Prince it's going to be raining. And they say, so we think it could be raining specifically towards the end when you're singing Purple Rain. We think it could be raining. And he said, well, can you make it rain harder? Make it rain hard. I want it to really rain. <laughs> and, the, and the person was so sprayed to tell him. And Prince is like, make it poor, baby. Make it freaking poor. I don't care. Jesus. Prince, the halftime show is just, it's the best one. Prince was a bad yeah. man, man. Was a bad <laughs> he was a bad man. Like, when, when we get done recording, I think I'm about to go to YouTube and watch uh, the Yeah, probably. Yeah. Just because it's yeah. worth it. Um, any other Super Bowl thoughts that we have? Uh, let's go real quick. Uh, just rapid fire here. Jacob, best Super Bowl food if you're going to a Super Bowl party. <sighs> what are you hoping to pizza. see? Your, your, just pizza? It's easy to grab. Uh, I, we got some good New York style pizza places down here, actually, that I, I really like. So I'm hoping pizza. Pizza's a good option, Pops. Oh, I mean, the old staple. I want some crispy but slightly greasy sausage balls. That's what I want. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> there we go. Those are easy to grab, too, and you don't realize that you've had 14 of them. Oh, <laughs> 24, maybe. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Tom? Cocktail weenies. Yeah, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. I am gonna. I'm surprised no one has said wings. I thought wings would come up. Wings can be a little bit of a mess. It's the messy part. Part. Yeah. Party. Where do you put the bones? 
I'm going with the good old classic. Give me a buffalo chicken dip. That's what I want. I want a good, Ooh, good dip. Yeah. Give me a good there buffalo go. chicken dip. There you go. That's good. Um, any other Super Bowl thoughts before we wrap up and touch on some other other things? We're good to roll? Yep. Ready? Uh, All right. Everybody got a, a final score? Prediction? Oh, winner yeah, and score? I guess we kind of went with picks last time, but that was kind of like, eh. So I've, um, I think I'd, I'll go ahead and go first. I have fully decided I'm riding with the Chiefs. I've already placed my bet, Chiefs money line. If you're going to make me predict a score, I like 27-20. Chiefs. 27-21 Chiefs. Jacob, what you got? Yeah, bad. No, I, I like the 27 because I, I think I'll count for two field goals for Mr. Butker. Um, so I'll go 27 Chiefs, and I'm going to say 22 Eagles. I think they're going to try to some two-point conversions out in this game. So. Well, that gets me to another – there's another prop bet that confused me. I didn't understand this. So it was like, will there be an octopus at the game? And I was like, excuse me? But apparently an octopus is a touchdown and you go for two. So, and successfully get the two point conversion because octa eight, you call that an, that's a football term. I didn't, I've never learned that. That's a new one. That's a new one. Yeah. Why do these books have, will there be an octopus at the game? Like, no, I don't think there will be an octopus. (laughs) So that makes me think maybe I should bet yes on the octopus if you think they're going to go for two at some point. Yeah. Uh, Pops, what you got? Y'all, I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I mean, Philly's got the better receivers. They have the better lines. They have the better defensive <laughs> backfield. They have the better defense. They have the Keep less on. injured quarterback. They're going to yes, win the sir. game. They're going to win. I think I Tony kind of said the score. I think I'm I'm going 27 Philly 24 Kansas City. Now I'm rooting for Kansas City. Don't get me wrong, but I do think I think Philly's going to win the game. So in your little parlay there, you don't have you don't have a team winning in that parlay you were talking. No, about. they just have to score an odd amount of points. Let me <laughs> count that. Right. Twenty-seven <laughs> plus an odd. Yeah, that'll still be an odd. Is, it a, total, is it a total <laughs> odd or the winning team has an odd? No, total points okay. have to be odd. Okay. An odd man, game. I'm going to be like at the end of the day, I'm going to be like really looking for that even rod. Be like, okay. oh, you got it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tone. All right, good. So pops has split us up to where at least we're not going to be all four on one team. So now you can choose whatever and not have to feel like you're giving the kiss of death to somebody. Appreciate it. Yeah. Chiefs, 30-27. 30-27. All right. So we're all kind of hovering around the over then, I think, right? Or I yeah, guess we're close. Yeah. We're right around it. Oh, okay. There Jacob we go. was under. Jacob was under. What did you say? 27-22? Yeah, Kevin went Jake, 21. No. So. Yeah. It's, uh, so I'm under two. Yeah, that's true. We're close to it. We're close. We're, we're right at it's it. Right I think I, I think I am right on it, unless it's a forty nine and a half. But yeah. All right, we'll see. Let's move things over now to let's touch on a little NBA stuff here. So we're recording this on what's it Wednesday night. Last night, LeBron James broke the scoring record for Kareem Abdul Abdul Jabbar. We're not having a who's the greatest of all time debate here. But just uh, pops, you see the record. What was your thoughts? Um, I will say that my thoughts are that LeBron has been in the spotlight since he was probably 14 years old. Um, for the most part, he has conducted himself in an exemplary fashion. Um, he is a is a picture of consistency. Um, 
um, I, you know, he deserves the record. I mean, I'm telling you, I think I, that he's not the goat yet. Um, I do <laughs> one quick thing. Of course, I listened to, to Bill Simmons, and I don't know if the, the listeners to ours do, but but Simmons had a thing, and the only I, the goat still Jordan, and but I do think I mean the most points in the NBA is is worth something. That's impressive when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar hands you mm-hmm. uh, the ball, but. Cool. The the only thing I've heard that would give credibility to me to thinking LeBron could be the GOAT is that you've heard the argument where if you took five Jordans versus five Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, you know, versus five LeBrons, if you were to put five LeBrons on one team, I think they'd probably beat most of any other fives, Akeem Olajuwon, who I loved, you know, any of that. That's the, I mean, five LeBrons, that size, that ability, that consistency, I'd give him the edge on that only. Goat Steel Jordan. Also interesting, LeBron just broke the scoring record. He's number four all time in assist. He's never going to pass John Stockton because I don't know if anyone ever will. But uh, Tony, any thoughts on on the LeBron? I I think there's a difference, Pops, between best and greatest. He might be the best basketball player, but – Actually, I think I might be slowly coming around to like Jordan just did things that were un, unimaginable. He was crazy the way he won what he did. Uh, but it was cool to see LeBron do the record. And, uh, mm-hmm. Before I give it to you, Tony, I thought, and just this is echoing what Pop said, the fact that he came in at, I mean, the spot was on him before then, but he came in at 18 and basically was like, all right, you're a Hall of Famer. You, if you're not a Hall of Famer, then you're a bust. And he was actually better than what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's pretty insane. I mean, that's that's crazy, especially in this day and age where everything you and he's never been in trouble with anything. I give him credit for that. There's things that annoy with LeBron, but I'll give him total credit for that. <laughs> my my only thing is I watched it last night. I turned on just to 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 see him break it, and <laughs> I thought what was funny was poor old Kareem looked like they did, they brought him down as soon as he scored. They brought Kareem down to the side of the court, and then he kind of just stood there. Watch LeBron wander from one side of the court to the next, hug all these people, and Kareem's like, "What? What? What the fuck, man? I'm I'm standing right. I'm right here, you know." And he didn't recognize the until captain he was the here. Circle. I was like, I felt so bad for Kareem because he's just standing there. Oh, what are you? Why am I down here? If this this idiot's gonna. And then the last thing, I don't know if y'all caught it, was the f bomb. Yo, I, I was going to ask y'all. So, what did he say exactly? What did he say? I'm trying to remember. What do you remember? What is the I think he was? said like, "Oh, fuck, thank y'all," or something. It's like yeah. I think is what I, I think saw. it was more just like a, like a, almost like a, fuck, like this is yeah. crazy. Like it yeah. wasn't wasn't it like a oh fuck man, thank y'all. Like, that's like exactly that. what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he said that in the auditorium with everybody yeah, there. Right. Yeah, we were just talking. It was like right before he wrapped up. Okay, here, let me see. Kind of wished he yeah, wouldn't he, have. He's almost done, and I think, and I think he probably wishes he would have. He's almost done, yeah. and I think he's just like he just kind of like, fuck, man, fuck, man. thank hey. you guys, and then and that was it. Yeah, that's I, a, I don't think I don't think he would do that again if he could. I, I think it just kind of like. Everything was hitting him, and he was just like, well, "This is crazy." I really yeah. passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in points. That's insane. Well, I haven't seen anybody say anything like headlines, like you know, LeBron cusses out Jabbar or anything like that. <laughs> I haven't Sounds heard like anybody me. make any real bad comments, but it was funny. 
It was it was funny because I just I just picture the people in the back like, oh no, because <laughs> it's live. You can't yeah. do anything. Yeah. And they gave LeBron the mic, so you don't even have to report that can like pull the mic away. It's like yeah. hopefully that's the last one. It was it was funny. I gotta say have it you, was funny. That I'm sorry, but that reminds me. Have you ever seen where Shaq is telling that story at <laughs> at, at Kobe's funeral? And and he's talking about like, you know, the guys came up to me because Kobe's shooting the ball all the time. And he says, so I went, I said, man, I'll go talk to Kobe. And he goes, hey, Kobe, man, there's no I in, there's no I in team. And Shaq said, he told me back, he says, yeah, well, there's an M and an E in that motherfucker. <laughs> and so he told that at Kobe's funeral. And I mean, everybody just bust out laughing. I mean, it's- I thought you were going to say there's another Shaq story where he's on the Lakers and he's pissed about foul calls. And he's like, it's just fucking bullshit that they do. And the ref and the reporter goes, well, Shaquille, we're on live TV. And he said, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he was very upset. And that reporter knew for instance, like, I got to wrap this interview up. because this is Nothing good can happen from here on out. Um, I do think we uh, hit the, speaking of over-unders we're talking, we hit the over-unders for F-bombs on the podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, while we're on basketball, real quick, can I say one quick thing? I saw, I think it was on Showtime last night, just happened to turn it on. And I think it's a documentary called Stand. And it's about Chris Jackson slash Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. If okay. you get a chance to watch that, watch it. That guy could flat out play, and his career got cut short because of his beliefs. It it is a worthwhile watch. Okay, absolutely. Say the name again. Chris Thanks. Jackson. He played. He was at Gulfport, Mississippi, but he played for LSU under Dale Brown, mm-hmm. and then went pro with the Denver Nuggets. And then at some point, he converted to uh, Islam. And changed his name to Mahmoud Abdul Raif. Raouf, I think Raouf. it's Raouf. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm telling you, he was a score. I think his freshman year was scoring 32 points a game. Uh, in, oh, so he's a he's a, bu- a walking bucket. He he's a Pete Maravich like player. I mean, I'm seriously, he is close to that level. Kevin, I think you would truly enjoy that. I think it's called Stand, and it's a story about Chris Jackson, uh, aka Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Okay, I'll check it out. Excellent show. Um, Speaking of someone who stands on their beliefs, sometimes maybe in the wrong, oftentimes sometimes in the wrong decision, uh, the Mavericks, my team, Pops, made a Mm. big trade. And they they brought over over Kyrie Irving from the Nets. Uh, I know I'm more plugged into basketball than you are, at least this early on in the season. But you root for the Mavericks. What what do you you think there? I mean, his talent, Kyrie's talent is undeniable. I mean, I guess an analogy might be the asshat in football, (laughs) except I think Kyrie might be weirder. Now, the asshat, by the way, is going to a four-day complete darkness darkness retreat. retreat. I don't know. The debate is is large there. But (laughs) – I don't know, Kevin. I don't think I want Kyrie Irving on my team, honestly, because I think of the baggage that he brings and his oddness. But his talent is unbelievable, and if he can play with he pairs really well with Luca. Oh my God! I I I have an interest to see it, and I would like to think that that Mark Cuban uh, has enough sense to have talked to him, and and, and it's a worthwhile deal for the Mavericks because I really respect Cuban a lot. But I am concerned. I'm cautiously optimistic. That's what I am. 
So what I'm scared about, my prediction here, Pops, is Kyrie is going to be on his best behavior. He's going to say all the right things. He's just going to be an awesome basketball player. I think his game just – because if you think about it, he was great with LeBron at Cleveland, and Luka plays that same ball-dominant ball type of forward. And so I think he's going to fit really well with Luka. They might even make a run to like the Western Conference Finals, and then you never know. But then the Mavericks got to decide – do we give this guy a four-year – I don't even know what – the NBA contract is so high. It's probably like a four-year, $200 million contract. And I'm just telling you, I putting, locking yourself up with four years with Kyrie Irving, as talented as he is, I, I could read you off the last four years. It's been a roller coaster with that guy. And it changes – it was crazy. Literally the day before he demanded – trade, or the Friday before he demanded trade, he demanded trade, I think, on later that Friday evening or something. Me and a guy at work talked basketball a lot. And he was like, we were talking top five point guards. And he's like, should we put Kyrie in the top five point guard? I was like, no, just because you literally never know if he's going to come endorse some crazy video like tomorrow. And before I – it wasn't even tomorrow. He demanded a trade within hours of me saying that. And just days before, he talked about how he's so happy to be on a team now where everybody's bought in. The dude is just a roller coaster. And I'm I'm scared to be – I think this year will be good, Pops. But then, then Cuban's got a huge decision. On do you pay the guy and lock him up or let him walk? Let His him walk talent is undeniable, walk. Kevin. It's he's great, but he's a uh, a mav a mav risk, if you will, Tony. A mav yeah, risk. I, you know I don't follow it very much, but I just the, these comments I thought were great and would make me very very scared. Um, so Kyrie says my work ethic was underappreciated with Brooklyn. Oh, that is, that is, you, you know, that is red flag number one, and it's huge. My work ethic was underappreciated. Dudes should never say that, no matter where you go. And so that's like Alan Iverson going, practice? Talking about practice? So that, and then the other thing I saw is that I watched a little Maverick basketball, and I don't know how this is going to work for Kyrie Irving, me sitting on another side of the court. And Luka Doncic holding the ball for 18 seconds, and there's four I, seconds left on a I shot agree. clock. I agree. He don't goes know up. Is Kyrie just going to go rebound so he can get it? And he's going to go to the other side, and he's going to hold the ball for 18 seconds, and he'll take his shot? Is it, okay, I'll bring the ball up, and you get to bring the ball up on the next one, they'll just take turns doing that? I don't know. I am I have a concern that Luka is going to be more impacted by this as detriment, detrimentally than, than Kyrie Irving could help him. Unless he learns to pass the ball. Luke is going to have to learn to play off the ball. He's going to have to play without the ball. I don't know that LeBron he can. didn't really play off the ball with Kyrie that much. We'll see. But I don't know. We'll it see. is interesting. Yeah. Kyrie got traded to the – uh, I was looking at his tweets. or uh, uh, Chris Haynes, I think it was, who had a comment. Sources close to Kyrie tell me that he's very excited to get, on, to, to get with the team. He has a great relationship with Brad Stevens. Oh, no. This was the tweet when he got, went to the Celtics and he demanded trade a few years later. That he also he had word for word sent out another press release like, "I'm very excited to get with the Mavericks. I can't wait to get coached by Jason Kidd. I have a great relationship." He's doing the playbook. It's the playbook, and what's even better, boss, he got a trade bonus. So he got two million dollar bonus for being traded from the Nets. I saw so he's some, yeah. The man's smarter than we are, maybe. I, did, he thinks he's the smartest person. Did Jason he Kidd, he's, he's did he fun. coach for the Nets some when Kyrie was there? He, not with Kyrie, okay. no. He okay. never coached Kyrie. Gotcha. Uh, but 
the the GM of the Mavericks is the guy that used to run Nike, which signed Kyrie at one point. So they, there is a relationship with them. But Kyrie is him and Kevin Durant are supposed to be our best friends, and they didn't bother him at all to demand a trade and leave his boy KD high and dry. So yeah, who knows? I'm not that tapped in. I just know that I think some of the quotes I was seeing was like Mark Cuban was like, "Why would I not take a shot at having the best backcourt in the NBA?" So I mean that I mean that that's that sounds correct. And Kevin, you're saying it's a it's a great pairing. So I just don't know. I, I don't know. I don't watch enough basketball to know if it actually truly is or not. But are you worried about what Tony said? Like, I think yeah. what Jacob's alluding to. I'm, I mean, I'm a little worried about that. They're both both ball heavy uh, people, and there's only one ball. Is Kyrie going to well, be able to come so and be like it, not be the guy? Like, because you keep saying like, Kyrie well, he did this with LeBron. Like, so is Luca LeBron? Like, is he? That's the level we're talking about. Which Luca is? Luca the guy. is. I know. Yeah. Like, I I know that enough about NBA. I know Luca is the guy. So I would say Kyrie knows how to play well off the ball. Because, I mean, he did it with LeBron. He played well off the ball with Kevin Durant. Luka does not really yet. I think he could learn better. LeBron still played off the ball some. Uh, but what really will help is, with the Mavericks at least, with Luka Doncic on the court, they have the number one rated offense in the NBA. With Luka Doncic off the court, they have the number 30 offense NBA out of uh, 30 teams. So Kyrie oh. will play every minute that Luka's not in. So that keeps the offense afloat. And then I think they play well. Brunson was good with Luka, and Kyrie's a better player than Brunson. Now, Brunson's a much more, probably better teammate and more fun person to be around, but Kyrie's more talented. But Kyrie, Kyrie is an infinitely better ball player yeah. than Jalen Brunson. I mean, I mean Jalen Brunson's good, but I mean, Kyrie is amazing yeah. what he can do yeah. with the basketball. He really is. And Jacob, you mentioned before we start recording, I don't think it was a part of this trade, but the, the Lakers just did trade. They wanted Kyrie and said they got D'Angelo Russell. We're not going to break down their trade, but the, you you just found it interesting that they're what throwing in what is it twenty forty two picks or maybe yeah maybe it's not oh, that golly much, I, is there a limit to how far out they can trade a pick? So yes, I think twenty nine is the limit. Like right now, they could trade a twenty twenty nine. What they can't trade a twenty. They cannot trade a twenty thirty pick. And then at the off season, they can trade twenty thirty picks. Is it? And then the NBA does all these protections on it, where you go like, <laughs> I'll trade you my twenty twenty seven first round pick. But it's top three protected. So if it's a top three pick, then I get to keep it, and then you get my next year's pick. What? There's that too. There's a, yeah, there's a, yeah. There's a I am trading. I am trading every first round pick I have four years and over, and I'm gonna just sub- get a super team for three years, four years, and then maybe I'll suck for those years. Well, no, because do the first round draft picks even do make that big of a difference unless they're a lottery pick? Well, that, that's, you're looking for the lottery picks, and that's what's interesting. Is- <laughs> The uh, that's why a lot of people, and I don't know what the they haven't said yet what the Lakers have given up, but a lot of people wanted the Lakers twenty seven, twenty eight picks because LeBron's probably on the back ish end, and we LeBron okay. leaves teams a lot, and Anthony Davis is who knows because he gets hurt all the time. So like that twenty seven pick could be a depleted Lakers roster. That might be the worst roster in basketball, but I because like y'all are yeah. saying, a lot changes in four years. I mean, yeah. I will as a big fantasy football connoisseur, uh, and I'm in a couple of dynasty leagues, so I do love that aspect of, of fantasy football of getting to look down the road for your team. And so I could see, yeah, if you if you're having like that makes your job super hard as a GM. If not only you're predicting the next couple of years, maybe because NFL, 
I don't know if there's a limit on the NFL and what it is, but you never you never see that. Like it's always like the next year, yeah. or maybe two years down the road, not like two years usually. Yeah. So like so as a basketball GM, you got to be thinking like, oh, what the what does that team look like in 2029? Who's in the fifth grade right yeah, now? Literally. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Well, let me go so, talk to the AAU scouts. Uh, oh, Wiley, Danny Ainge is now at the Jazz, and you might remember he traded uh, Rudy Gobert over the offseason, and he's a part of this Lakers deal. They're taking on Russell Westbrook and trading off. They have now, the Jazz have assembled 15 unprotected or lightly protected first round picks through 2029. So Danny Ainge is doing that thing where he's just like, I'm taking all the first round picks. Some are going to be good, some won't, but I'll just play the odds that one of these are going to, a couple of these will be top five picks. I think 15. Danny Ainge is a pretty good general manager in the NBA. I would, I, if, Danny, if I'm job. a general ran- manager and Danny Ainge calls me, I don't want to answer because I'm probably no, going to lose that he's deal. He's going to screw you. He's just <laughs> like bend over. My, one of my questions for y'all two being NBA guys is, is it like do first round draft picks not matter as much maybe, especially if you're not like that lottery pick, the top three, maybe top five guy or pick, do they really truly make a huge difference for your team the next year? Lottery or? picks, Lottery picks matter. Second round picks are very hitter. I don't even really like when teams say they're throwing a second round pick, those half the time don't even make the NBA. But lottery picks do matter. They, they, right. They matter. But, so like a, but like a mid first or anything like that. Do those guys. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's where you get a Donovan Mitchell or even Damian Lillard went late. I mean, you get some good players. Right. But I'm just, I'm just trying to put like, I'm trying to compare that, I guess, like the NFL draft kind of like who you're finding in the first round of an NFL draft. For, now, I think, it, I think a big difference I'm seeing there is there's, 11 guys on each side of the ball in the NFL where there's only five guys on the court in the NBA. So, Well, and what you're doing with trading for these picks is since the NBA does a lottery, if that team is a the seventh worst team in the league, there's a chance they win the lottery and end up with the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. You, all 15 of those picks you got have a chance at being the first overall, even if they're not the worst NBA right. team. So. You, you're you're just taking stabs at getting one of those top three. You're really you're, you're, you're increasing your odds of finding possibly the next LeBron because the next Utah's Luka probably next. not luring a free agent to Utah, right? So they want to they want to draft a star that goes okay. I'll stay in Utah, maybe that's the yeah thought process. Yeah, and then the, uh, speaking yeah. of first round picks, there's a few of them on the Arkansas Razorbacks basketball roster, and they just came off a big win against Kentucky. They needed a win, Tony. But my question is. How how excited should we be or should we not be yet? Like I, yeah. I, 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 I'm as Pop says, cautiously optimistic right now. Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, we made it through what was our gauntlet part of the season in the uh, SEC, and now well, we've got those folks coming in. Well, we know, still had Tennessee, we got, we got Alabama, Tennessee and Kentucky, but um, we've got Mississippi State. <laughs> oh, wow, and just then, those guys. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we got Mississippi State <laughs> and Florida back back and Georgia. A and M, so we're we're doing better, but um, just those guys, yeah, just those guys. If we win one of those three, we'll be fine. But here's the best thing: this is the best thing. Last night, it was great to see the Rupp Arena crowd leaving Leave. the arena <laughs> with five minutes, six minutes left in that ball game, and the Razorbacks were on the floor. I don't know that I, I found good enjoyment ever. <laughs> I've never seen that before, ever, right? And and the Razorbacks in Kentucky have been playing now for a long time. That was pretty impressive for us to chase the fans. That that that's pretty good. And 
I would think Mr. Calipari needs to be thinking about what NBA team he wants to coach next year. Well, and Pops made a good point. It, it, it's fun hearing a, a Calipari just rant and be upset after just getting his ass beat by the Razorbacks, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just it's just nice beating Kentucky, isn't it, Pops? Oh, it, it is. It is. I, a couple of observations uh, from okay. the game, if you'll humor me for a minute. One, yeah. what is it, Mikael and Michael, whatever the two, is it Mitchell? Mitchell. The two Mitchell, Mitchell twins? Mitchell twins. Yeah. Scary mofos, dude, night. man. They, they are bad mofos. And one of those, uh, um, I don't even remember which one it was, but one of the Mitchell twins went toe-to-toe with Sheboy, blocked him twice in a row. Twice. Sheboy is a man. Yeah. I, I think Mitchell, that was if you just Mikhail, me, but just, if you just dropped me on the planet and you said one of those guys was the player of the year last year, I went, was it Mitchell? Which <laughs> is crazy because which is insane. Those guys are great. And, and I want to ask you a question at the end. Devo Davis, though, I'm gonna say, and I didn't realize he's six foot four. I mean, I, I think that guy's got an NBA career oh, in front of him. If Patrick Pat Beverly's Beverly. got a career, he's Devo a Davis is a is a better player. And and, and I, I'm really impressed with him. Uh, I think the last thing, and I, and I really am, I want to ask y'all's opinion because Anthony Black, okay, um, saw that he had some less than wonderful things occurred in a game where he might have made some images at a bench or whatever. I don't know. He he impresses me as a wonderful kid, great ball player, smart, um, always talking to other people. He doesn't seem like it. In any sense, a uh, a braggart or a or a or a uh, uh, egotistical player. I, am I reading him wrong? I think I love his game. I wish he'd cut his hair because I can't see him. But you know, regardless, I just I th- I love his game and the way he plays it. And I'm wondering is am I seeing that right or has he got some detrimental parts of his game that I'm no. missing? I think I think you're, and maybe I'm biased looking from the lens of Razorback, but I think you're seeing it right. My only issue with Anthony Black is, I wish he would tap more into that Maui Anthony Black, where he's realized like I'm the best guy on this court. Let me take the game over. I think he does actually kind of what we talked about before. Not the same at all, but like at times I'm like LeBron could score forty, but he always wants to get other people involved. I think mm-hmm. Anthony Black could score more, but he. He wants to get everyone else going so bad. I think he doesn't look for his shot, like to a detriment of his to him at times. To me, uh, Ricky Council looks for his shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ricky and Devo never have a problem finding their shot. They'll find. No. Them. They'll find when they like. Yeah, yeah I, I think you saw that last night with Anthony Black. I he he went after it. Uh, and, and the thing, I, he sometimes plays so soft, and, and uh, Musselman has said this, he was the only concern he had about Anthony Black is he would be as nice on the court as he was off the court because he agrees with he, He's a really nice young man. If you listen to any interview he has, he's a really good kid. But last night, uh, he was the man. And, and you forget, watching him play, he is a very easy six foot seven. And uh, mm-hmm. when I say you don't easy, realize he, how freaking long and tall. He yeah, is. this kid. So you see him drive to the basket and say, well, how the hell did he put up that shot? Dude, he's six, seven. And um, <laughs> and so he's bending his way around the backboard. How does he do that? Dude, he's six, seven. And so uh, <laughs> uh, he, he he had it last night and um, we'll see what he does. And Musselman is really great at this now. You, you, you see it once, you see it twice, you see it three times. He does a great job of really getting his talent to do what he wants him to do. 
in February, March. And so we'll see if these Mitchell guys are now really are, what we wanted them to be. Are we in um, danger of missing the tournament, y'all, at all? I mean, we've got to be a little on the bubble now, right? If if, if that game loses, if they lose that Kentucky game, then maybe because now they need to, they have like yeah. some must wins. I think now they're in regard. I mean, as long as they don't drop some of these, because they can now theoretically lose the Tennessee, uh, all, Alabama, Alabama, and even the Kentucky game during the season. And as long as they win those other ones, they should get yeah. in. They can go five hundred, and we're a ten, a, a, a ten they, or eleven seed. The, the latest, the latest prediction I saw was, and I, I think it's just, I think it's kind of trolling us a little bit, but I think it had us as like a ten seed versus a, um, is it a six that plays a ten? I can't remember. Ten five. Ten five. Yeah. Ten I think they five. had us as a ten five. Five plays twelve. Seven. Six no, plays it's 10. a seven actually. Seven, seven plays seven. Ten. Either way, seven, either, whatever. Seven, they, seven, they had us at a ten or eleven, and we were playing North Carolina in the first round of the tournament, like what you do every Carolina. damn year somehow. Well, in first or second round. Carolina, so. yeah. But well, we have a comparable record to Carolina yeah. right now, right? But, I mean, yeah, that's Carolina's not Car- struggling a bit. Carolina's. Close yeah. to being out, at, they lost uh, the other night. So, um, but to your point, yeah. Liv, I think also what you're seeing is maybe Anthony Black coming alive in a big game because it's this is Kentucky basketball you're going up against. They're known as the guy in in basketball with Kansas and up there with tradition. So maybe you just saw him getting really hyped up for a game. Well, he, he plays smart. I just like yeah. the way he plays the he's game. Good. I think he thinks yeah. it through. I think he's got a hell of a career at the next yeah. level. Basketball player. I think it's crazy. I think it's player. crazy to to score eighty eight and only attempt nine nine three pointers. That that's yeah. pretty damn good. I feel like in college really basketball, we almost oh, set the we almost set the SEC record for shooting percentage in a half. We missed the last shot. And if we'd have hit that shot, I think we would have set the record that we shot like 70-something percent in the second 70%. half. 70%. Yeah. We had a couple of lucky mm. shots, but, man, dunks and layups are pretty high percentage. There, was a, a couple, there was a couple of Mitchell shots where they took a, one of the Mitchells <laughs> took a mid-range, and I'm like, whoa, that's – I haven't – yeah, I haven't checked it in a while, but aren't we like top 10 in the in, uh, in college basketball for like dunks, but then we're like bottom 10 for three-point percentage or three-point shots? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pops, yeah. I think to your Anthony Black question, and this actually full circle gets us to what Tony's saying too, is there was a couple moments where it looked like he was acting out. And I think Musk wanted him so much to be like, you can be the nicest guy in the world, but on the quarter, I need you to be nasty. Yeah, be and he just didn't know how to do it. So he, he was doing it the wrong way. He was doing it with okay. a little bit of pushing and shoving after the game. And he realized, that's yeah. not me. I'm just, and, and Musk, I think, probably talked to him was like, I'm not telling you to be a little dirty. I'm just saying, you don't have to help someone up after the play every time. You know, you, yeah. if you go for a strong layup and they fall, they'll get up. They'll be fine. Mm, yeah, and well, he, he's a good player. I real I'm rooting for him, and I, I I think he's. I hate it because I think he's probably one and done. But I think he NBA scouts are probably drooling over him because a guy that yeah. tall, that long, that can dribble the ball and see the court like he does. You don't see very I, many of those people. And I can't take I can't take credit for this. Um, uh, Cindy uh, has this, so. Um, the pseudo member of the podcast. Uh, But so her nickname for him is ass crack. And so he's the ass crack players. When your ass is in a crack, you want Anthony Brown shooting the ball. He can't, he's going to miss free throws, but when your ass is in a crack and you need a free throw, what about Anthony Black? Yeah, Anthony what about Black? Anthony, Anthony Black? I said Brown. I'm okay. sorry, Anthony Black. And Anthony Black is – I keep thinking Anthony – anyway, that's another player from a long time ago. Anthony Black, sorry. When he's in – we'll get to what Uncle's Tony drinking here in just a second. But um, 
Uh, <laughs> but but he's ass crack around the house, and uh, and he delivers. All right, ask. I'm sure he loves that nickname. I bet he. I think that's I a will. compliment. I think Cindy means that in a compliment. He's, right. he's, he's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, no he's a, a clutch player. Put the whole segment means. together. I just don't want someone to clip this and send to Anthony Black, and you just say we call him ass crack. Anthony Black, I love your game. That's an awesome game, man. Love your game. When our ass is um, in a crack, we want you shooting. Pops, I have. I know you've been waiting to see the the, the uh, pre-tournament uh, awards watch, and this is a uh, a. Um, why am I blanking on our boy's name? Pit snoggle. Do we have? A yeah, pit I, have, I have a pit snoggle award. Just watch. Now I know pit snoggle is typically the award goes to usually kind of a a lumpy, you could say <laughs> a, a lumpy. Tall, often white. This guy doesn't fit into those categories. KJ Adams over at KJ Adams Jr. at Kansas. He is not lumpy at all. That dude is pure muscle, but he's like a little bit undersized center. But he play. He can pass a little. He can shoot. They get him the high post, and he he passes well out of it. Pops. I'm just telling you, KJ Adams Jr. could be a Pitt Snoggle Award watch. At He's on the KU? watch list. At KU? KU, yeah. At okay. the I'll definitely check him out. He's on the watch list. I'm not saying he's going to get it, but he just he does all the little things right. And that's wow. what, at the end of the day, that's what Pitt Snoggle does. He just does all the little things. <laughs> I think in the history of our tournaments, this is the earliest we've named a nominee for the Pitt Snoggle <laughs> yeah. Award ever. Yeah, KJ Adams Jr. And on KU. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, Kansas is going to make the tournament. Yeah, he's also on Kansas. Well, that's the good thing. That's the good thing about uh, KJ Adams. I, I think they make it to the tournament, so I don't yeah. have to worry about yeah. it. Like, like, you know. Yeah. Um, Art, I think that wraps up the pod for the most part. We need to get to, as teased a minute ago, Uncle Tony, what are you sipping on over there? Well, I am sipping on, or was were sipping, you on, sipping on. Maybe were you sipping on? Maybe were you sipping on? It was a double. So sorry, Anthony Black, about calling you the wrong last name. So, but it was a smoked Manhattan, and so double Manhattan strong to begin with, Tony. Yeah, it was a double, and uh, you a smoked this. Manhattan, and so I smoked it with applewood. I have a smoke gun in it, and so I smoked the glass with applewood, and then put a little on the top, let it let it settle in. The reason it's a smoked Manhattan is because Kansas City is going to smoke the Eagles. Talk to them. There we go. Okay. Um, I, I saw the other green. Did you Did you have a little champagne or what, no? Was it was, it was a wine. Uh, I was drinking okay. a nice Sauvignon Blanc because uh, uh, the recipe Tori used for our dinner tonight a nice uh, chipotle pepper adobo sauce chicken tacos, and I guess it's supposed Damn, to. That sounds good. It It was good. Um, the recipe called for two canned peppers she thought it said two cans of peppers and so it was a little spicier than it was supposed to be um but still very good um so we were drinking that does make a difference we were drinking maybe a little more water and possibly one of us had some milk with our dinner to eat eat that but so and she's not the biggest sauvignon blanc fan so she gave me a little bit of her extras before i came up for the pod so there you go. Hey, if, if I could pile on there, Tammy made this pasta, this chicken <laughs> pasta tonight, and there were chili flakes to put in it. And she just dumped the whole yeah. package in there. <laughs> we started eating it, and 
I'm just saying it was a tad warm. And she goes, oh, I was supposed to put those in there to taste. Not just dump. Just dump. I mean, I'm like, Lord. I'm, I need to go eat some ice cream. If you know, yeah. you know. Oh, man. All right. I think that wraps us up for this week's pod. Uh, we will be back next week to wrap up the Super Bowl and, and get you headed towards the offseason. Uh, make sure if you're not already, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and like and subscribe us to us so you make sure you get our episodes as soon as they drop and leave us a rate and review while you're at it. That'll do it. Guys, I will see you after the Super Bowl ends in an odd score, Pops. There you go. <laughs> Hope so. Peace. Peace. Hey, one last thing I wanted to ask y'all is I was watching uh, Eric Musselman run around on the side of the court yesterday all excited. He looks pretty small. He is small. To everybody he is else small. on the court. I think he's kind of small. How he tall is. is he? He 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 looks. Seven, I mean, I, he he's standing around a lot of no, tall yeah. people. No, yeah, that does not help wrong. his case. But I'm pretty sure he's. No. I mean, I would. I'm betting he's like five eight. I think he's five eight five nine. Average height, but that looks small as those seven guys. inches. He looked he nicey on the court he's at Kentucky seven. at Rupp Arena. Yeah, he's an inch shorter than I am, but I'm not a tall person. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I was gonna, Jacob. I'm just curious. I'm seeing that Eric Bannon is probably going to be the offensive coordinator. Like they're, they're saying he's leaving the Chiefs, but to go be an offensive coordinator. Are they? I haven't. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I read the report. That felt weird to me. I don't see why he would leave to be the same position. I haven't gotten hooked. Yeah, he. Yeah, I don't know why he would leave. I know he was interviewing a couple places, head coaching jobs. Um, I think. Yeah. I want to say Ravens might have been one place he was interviewing as well. Um, but not for a head coach. Not for a head coach. No, no, I know. But I was reading that they Ravens were the ones that stuck out. Like what? A strong chance that he's going to be their OC, and I just was like, That's, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Dad, you might be more plugged just in. Than me. I'm, I'm plugged in. I'm very plugged into the free agency players right now. I'm not, I'm not looking at the coaching carousel. I kind of let, let it uh, finalize, and then I go dive yeah. into that. But uh, yeah, I was reading where the enemy there has. Some things have grown stale between him and and Reed, and so there've been some disagreements this year about some direction for the offense. Yeah. And I think that they're ready to part ways. I knew there were rumblings of that. Well, and there's there's probably a little bit too. It feels like he doesn't get much. Correct. Yeah. Whether he deserves it or not, a lot of people like there's a quick people go like. Well, I mean, it's Andy Reid. I don't know how much that's been in. I mean, in this podcast alone, we just only talked about Andy Reid as far as Chiefs coaches. Yeah. So we never talked about what's the Benjamin's game calling plan. Yeah. So um, so it might be one of those he's ready to step out of that shadow, even if it's not for a head coaching position. He's been there now, oh gosh, uh, four, four years? So I mean, he's he's definitely probably to that point where I probably have maybe gotten to where I need to be, and if the head coaching job isn't there, I need to go prove it somewhere else, maybe to get that shot somewhere. So, yeah, but I think so. Ravens wouldn't be a bad place to send them. So. Yeah, that's fine. Let's see, that's fine. Yeah, especially since they'll get a new quarterback. Especially since they'll get a new quarterback. 
next year. But. He's been the coordinator of Kansas City since 2008, but he's been with Kansas City since 2013. Yeah. He was the running back. Okay, so he's been there 10 years. Okay. You have proved that you yeah. fight well. Now you have to join us. All right. Yeah, anyway, interesting. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, send this stuff over to LJ tonight because yeah. I don't know if he's editing tonight. But. Did y'all see, yeah, did y'all see that pro, any of the Pro Bowl stuff? Or I didn't even watch. I didn't, but I heard it was better. They, it was, Actually. it was interesting. I saw some highlights. It was very interesting the stuff they had these guys doing, including dodgeball. Um, but yeah. uh, one of the best things I think I saw was the quote from Derek Carr because uh, they asked him about like how, like how is he, has he ever been that hot in Vegas or something like that? Like they're trying to make the reference like hot on the tables, I think. And, he came back. Well, if I was that hot, I, I would be staying. <laughs> so, he, he threw it in their face big time that he's leaving. So. Well, and they asked him something like, "Would you do? Like, would you opt in maybe help the Raiders?" And he pretty bluntly was like, "Nope, no, nope. It's about no. me. I don't give a fuck about the Raiders. Like, it, it's yeah. about Derek." Or to blame him. Yeah. I, I, no, I like Derek Carr. I'm rooting for so, him. So he's got yeah, a no trade clause, but he's interviewing with the Saints, I believe, this weekend. Um, so yeah, he could yeah. he could be going over there. Which, that'd be a hell of a fit. So, yeah. Anyways, I would All invest right, in Alave. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. Yeah. Got to run, guys. Right. Enjoy. Right, Peace yeah. out.